Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is the lovely Angela Sasso. Thank you for joining us, Angela. Well, thank you, Tammy, for having me on. It's uh, quite a pleasure. So, Angela, what is your business? What gets you all excited? Okay. Those might be the same thing, might not be. But uh, my business is actually working with interpreters, language interpreters, so multilingual people that speak English and another language. And they provide language interpreting services to community organizations I, I, I need to clarify that actually. It's mainly public services, so ministry offices and healthcare and legal and courts. Oh. So my, I'm primarily occupied right now with teaching, uh, courses for interpreters and also providing professional development sessions. But I've, I've been involved in the field for many, many years. I, I started back in 1989 as a volunteer interpreter at that time. Now interpreters are paid. And uh, and then have just done so many things. So I also do some consulting in the industry in terms of if people would like to implement language services, how to go about doing that. And I also provide some consulting around policy development. Very, very much needed because our, our world is, well, Canada in particular isn't just made up of uh, pasty white folks with European ancestry. We are a wonderful mix with all sorts of different languages and cultures coming together. So you provide a very, very valuable service. Yes, it's valuable and it's exciting because I get to meet so many different people. You know, it's just really, it's really a lot of fun. And um, interpreters are so critical in areas like healthcare and legal, access to legal services. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoy it. I love it. It's actually something that uh, I do find exciting still. Well, hey, then that's that's wonderful. And what is your family situation, Angela? So I am married. I am remarried. And I have two children from a previous marriage who are, um, well, my 20-year-old is an adult. And I have a 17-year-old, so two girls, two daughters. Ah, so, so you've been through all the gamut of financial questions and stuff with the kids. Because, yeah, you've got one that's already out and one that's very close. Well, um, out in Vancouver is uh, defined differently because <laughs> no actually afford to go out. Uh, I think that she's keen to find a space for herself, even though, you know, the, the home here is she's fine. I think it's just that independence. But it's really hard. Rent is really, really expensive in the city. 
I was actually just reading an article yesterday that's saying that this the the city of Vancouver is defining affordable rent in Vancouver as being thirty seven hundred dollars a month as affordable rent. <laughs> I think I think it's a little bit lower than that, but most you know most um, not something that's accessible for somebody that's young. You know, let's move, moving out one or two bedroom basement suite in an area that is okay and still central is going to cost you at least twelve hundred to fifteen hundred a month. So that's a substantial amount of money for somebody who is going through school and also still and, and just working part time. That might be all of your <laughs> paycheck. So it it can be really challenging. It it is, and yes, Vancouver is very pricey, but that's happening with more and more. Uh, young adults, they just cannot afford working whatever job they're doing, let alone trying to go to school and afford to be out living on their own. Yeah, it's not doable. I heard a statistic the other day. A, a friend of mine said that uh, I think it's like people in Vancouver are at home with their parents till they're in their 30s. Yeah, that's what he said. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, they stay home until, you know, their life circumstance changes. They get married or something like that because it's truly, it's truly challenging to get out. And some of those basement suites that you find, even for 1200 a month, they can be quite, you know, you might not want to live there. So, so I think mine are going to stick around for a bit, but that's okay. We have space. And that, and that's, that's a good thing. I, I don't know what my daughter is going to be doing. She'll probably be with me when she's going through college and that for the simple fact that, yeah, no, pretty much anywhere you are, it's gotten so much more expensive. So thinking back to like when you were a kid, how have you seen things have changed in, in terms of how people have to manage money to what your daughters are now having to deal with? Um, well, I guess the difference is probably that the income to expenses ratio has changed. So things might, you know, when I was going through university, I, I did live at home, so I didn't pay rent, but I did, I carried two jobs on top of the, on top of my course load, full course load. And I, and I saved that money. You know, I used that money for my own, I didn't pay rent, but I paid for everything else, my gas and everything else. Um, and it was a very, very doable, you know, just kind of keeping that money, being able to maintain all of my other interests. Um, I find my 20-year-old, she has two jobs right now, and even with not paying rent, sometimes it's hard to keep that money uh, in your pocket. Like, things are just so much more expensive. So I, I think that that's one change. The other thing is, of course, you know, when I did move out on my own uh, in my early 20s, I think I was 22, um, things were not that expensive, you know, it was, they were very doable still. So um, that's the main thing. I think also the other thing I find is that maybe we had a little bit more awareness around savings than I see now. I think that there's this need for immediate satisfaction. And I think online shopping um, is probably a culprit to that. You know, there's just such an immediacy to if you have a, a want then that desire is easily met through online purchases. And that. My kids are pretty good. Cause they own, my eldest just got a credit card last year because she traveled on her own. Um, so they don't really have a credit card to use for online that much. But, um, you know, I find, I find that generally that tends to be a, a thing that's happening. 
Do you, see, do you find that? Do you find that this online world is different? Well, I, it's it's not so much an online world thing that I have I have found. It has a lot more to do with. Well, I, I think back to like when when I was was a kid and growing up, and we didn't have a lot of choices for like TV stations. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so like temptation was definitely removed. But even when I went into the city and stuff. We were not inundated the same way with constant, constant uh, marketing and everything now, the buy now, pay later stuff. Like, that didn't exist when I was a kid. And, and everything, it's it's you can have anything you want so quickly. Like, if you want to talk about the online in Vancouver, can't you get stuff delivered from Amazon the same day? You can get yes, you can, and you can get anything delivered. Actually, you can you can uh, get alcohol delivered. <laughs> yeah, you can get anything delivered, but everything is so so instant gratification, and credit has become so much more available. And the other thing that I've I've really noticed, like when I was a kid, and you wanted to buy something, you actually paid cash. Like you save you saved up, and you actually paid cash. There are so many kids now that everything's just done on a bank card so that they, they don't, they're not aware of the money that's going out. Like if you actually have to hand over a $20 bill, you physically see that and you can make the emotional connection that this is money. But when you're just, you don't even have to put in your pin number anymore. It's just tap everywhere. They're not aware of what's going on with their money and how quickly it is to spend on all sorts of stuff that just doesn't matter. Like the Starbucks and the fast food and, and the fast fashion is another one that drives me absolutely bonkers. How much money is wasted on clothes that they might wear once or twice and then it's gone. But they spent good money on it and then not even talking about the environmental impact. But it's all this instant gratification-itis. Yeah, I, you're right. You know, it's, it is that. And the other thing I find, too, is that things are just so much, so much more expensive. Like, you know, take, take something that now has become a requisite for living, which is a phone. Well, you now you, you have to purchase the phone and then you need a phone plan. Mm-hmm. And that can really add up. Right. And then if you go over your data, then you have to do that. They have to pay that. And then your phone has to be replaced every, it seems like, three years. Um, so these are like, and phones are not, they're like a thousand dollars. I can't imagine it. I think the only thing I spent a thousand dollars on, um, when I was younger was my, uh, ticket to Europe. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, you can't even imagine spending all of that in one moment. And yet now it's, it's pretty constant. The same with, you know, laptops, computers, the price of things and the demand for things has definitely increased, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I was just, I was just thinking like tw- uh, 21 years ago, the apartment that I rented, I paid $350 a month of rent for it. It was just a tiny little bachelor apartment. And now to rent it out, it's 1200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember how much. I think my, my a girlfriend and I rented our first apartment. It was beautiful. It was right in a very popular area of the city, which is still, we must have, I think we were paying maybe 500 month. So 250 each, something like that is absolutely nothing. Yeah. And like try to find anywhere where you can get that. <laughs> Can't like there's does not exist. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't exist. But here, here, here's the question. Um, what, what were you making in your jobs when you were in your early twenties? What, what were you getting paid? 
So I think that uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember because uh, I, I went, I was waitressing for a while, and then I moved into working with um, adults with special needs, so reg- needs residential care. And I think I must have been making. I wasn't doing too bad, to tell you the truth, Tammy. I yep. think my I must have been making about maybe twelve an hour with the residential care. Yep. A little bit less, so it was it was okay. No, maybe about eight actually an hour. Yeah, it was okay given given. You know, that's not that far off what people are making now. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, yeah. all your costs have gone up and up and up and up. But yeah. the wa- the wages haven't. Like, if I think back to, like I said, so when I was paying three fifty a month for my rent, and I was making about $24,000 a year, and then, like I said, right now, the, the exact same apartment, because I was just curious, so I looked it up. It was $1,200 a month now for the exact same apartment. And then I was looking at the same company I was working for at the time uh, because they had a job posting. And the same job, they were now paying 29000 <laughs> So the rent went up almost four times, but the, the, uh, the, the, the same job went up like, what, Fifteen well, percent? <laughs> yeah, barely a barely a bump into in that. Yeah, hardly anything. Yeah, I know it, it's it. Yeah, it's interesting. Now you're making me want to go back and see exactly what I was making. Because I remember thinking that I was pretty uh, pretty fortunate. And then at the age of 25, I actually got a, a pretty high level job. And at that time, I was making yeah, probably maybe about what you're saying, you know, between 25 to 26,000 a year, which is like, wow, that was a lot of money and was doing well. And it was maintaining my lifestyle here, like no problem at all. Yeah. But could, could you, could you, could you maintain your lifestyle that you had then with the prices now and what they're paying now? No, no, you couldn't. Yeah. No, you couldn't. <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it hits the, um, I think it hits you know, the the youth more than anything else, like moving into trying to just create some independence and, and some savings and, and get some stake in it, some capital going and some assets and that. It's just really difficult for them to do that because there's not a lot of, everything's very lean. Whatever you make, it goes back out again. I mean, there could be some sacrifices, I think, that they could make, but at the same time, some of these things have become a normal way of life. Like who doesn't have a phone? Well, how can you even function without a phone? I know, yeah. Or without data. Yeah. You need to have it, right? So these big ticket items have become a necessity, not a luxury. Yeah, well, things have totally and completely changed in that front. So what would be some of the advice that you you would give to not just your daughters, but other young adults and, and teenagers hitting the young adult stage, what are some of the advice, what's some of the advice you'd give them to navigate in our changing financial climate? Well, you know, one thing that I have always, that has always been helpful to me, for me, is to always ask to see if you can get a better deal on, on anything, you know, because I find that sometimes, sometimes you do. So for, for example, um, whenever I go and get some equipment or something at Best Buy, I always ask, is there any, I always ask to speak to the manager and ask if there's anything they can do for me. And frequently they have given me a half price on the item. Oh my. Yes. So 
so doing that, just asking, because it doesn't hurt. I think another thing is to ask if you can pay for things in installment without a fee, however, or without interest payments, that sometimes you can do that. Um, so that kind of is good. Also, finding ways to be creative, so not just looking at jobs as your income stream, like maybe you can do some other things on the side, maybe you have an expertise you can sell, you know, other things, right? So not don't just rely on traditional, on jobs as, as income, there are other ways, of, I think, of making money. Um, and I don't want to put anybody into any sort of, you know, compromised <laughs> uh, situations there, but I'm just saying. Um, so I think that that, that is one thing. Um, and then you would know better than I in terms of just savings. There's really, you know, interest rates are so bad, right? So really shop around for where you can park your money or what you can be doing with it. Oh, very much so. And I, I love how you say, like, don't just be looking for a job because, yeah, you can get jobs, but can you get can you get the hours that you want? What are you going to get paid? Are you going to have any security, anything like that? And there are so many intelligent, creative young people that have such amazing skills that they can take to market, but they've never been exposed to the fact that, yeah, you can you can be an entrepreneur, even if it's just something that you're doing on the side. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think the other piece, too, is, you know, collaboratives or cooperatives. If, if there's something you and a friend or friends um you know, can get together on to do, even, you know, invest together. Now there's some, and in fact, that's how I first got into the Vancouver market, to tell you the truth, Tammy. I, I wanted to live in Vancouver, and uh, my husband at the time and I, we couldn't really, we didn't qualify for enough, and I was talking to a friend, and we ended up uh, buying a house with her, you know. Oh. And, yeah, so, I mean, I think it was the first time that, um, the bank, which was Van City at the time, it was the first time they'd ever done a mortgage like that, and now have a model which is called friends and friends and family or something. I can't remember what the model is called, where they'll actually, it's considered a typical mortgage. You can actually go in on a mortgage with a friend. So we kind of twisted the bank's mind for a bit because they're like, hmm, we're not really sure how to do this. Let me think about it. But uh, but we did. Yeah, creativity and asking the question, how can I do this? Yeah. Rather than just going, okay, this is the, I have option A or B. I guess I don't fit on either of those. I guess you can't have it. <laughs> exactly. So don't, yeah, don't give up, but be creative. There's, there's always room for creativity, right? So yeah, that, that, I think that that would be another piece of advice actually to do that. Consider partnerships and, you know, working collectively with others. I'm I'm a huge fan of that, but something I will add on with that is is make sure that you have your proper conversations and your legal documents drawn up before you do them. I love the conversations and I love partnerships in so many different ways, but if you do not have your agreement fully understood about what's expected on both parties and have it legally put into writing, that can really cause you grief. Oh, definitely. Yes. Do all the proper due diligence. Make sure don't, uh, you know, friendships as well as marriages and everything can fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and things, people are not always as pleasant on the exit as they were on the entrance. Oh, so. typically, typically not. <laughs> typically not. 
So take care of yourself and make sure that things are, are um, written down and agreed on and signed. Yep. And uh, and then it, it's just much more comfortable that way anyways. Right? Well, yeah, because there's so many people that you, you, you think you are both communicating and understanding, but... They might be hearing what they thought that what they wanted to hear, and you were hearing what you wanted to hear, and you're missing an awful lot of really important stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you, Angela. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Tammy. I'm. I'm. Uh, it was. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Nice chat. All right. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.